Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today for an amazing message called Say What? We hope this message encourages you, strengthens you, and reminds you who you are and the authority you have in Christ. Are you ready to speak to your mountain and watch them move today? We hope you enjoy this message. So excited that you've joined us again this morning. I don't know about you, but I actually typed these notes for my husband's sermon this morning. Get ready because God has a great word for you. And if you just listen and say, Lord, speak to me about what you want me to hear this morning, I guarantee you, your socks are going to be blessed off you this morning. We are so excited this morning about how Becky and Pastor Andrew led us in the presence of the Lord. I'm so excited about that song. One of my favorite songs. I listen to it just about every day. God, I look to you. So this morning, while you are in your living room or even in a semi-truck or somewhere, maybe where you're driving and watching on your phone, I want to take a moment right now. Let's look to God. The Bible says, look unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So this morning, maybe some of you need your faith perfected. Maybe some of you need yes. to be encouraged. Maybe some of you need to be lifted up. The Lord said he's the glory and the lifter of our heads. Amen. You know, when my son was growing up, CJ, he couldn't hear. And so because he couldn't hear, he was ashamed to look at you. And so my wife would always have to lift up his face to make him look at us when he would talk. And you know what God wants? you to do? He wants you to lift up your head right now. He wants you to fix your eyes on him, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Maybe your faith level is empty. Maybe you're feeling discouraged. Maybe you're feeling defeated. Maybe you're feeling even lonely because you're isolated from people. But the Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm the great shepherd that looks after his sheep, which is you. So this morning, God, I look to you. Let's not just sing about it, but let's pray to him right now. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you that, God, you are the glory and the lifter of our heads. May we are feeling in a moment in our lives right now, we're feeling down, maybe discouraged, maybe even dry and empty inside. But I pray that, God, today, that these people right now that are listening and watching, Lord God, will right now, they will come to you. They will come to you, the author and the perfecter of your faith, and you'll begin to pour into them. When you pour, God, then we can pour out. Pour new into us today, refresh strengthen and encourage those that are listening, those that are abroad right now. Let them sense your Holy Spirit power and presence. And Lord, you know the needs. Lord, you know every hair on our head. You know every need that every listener has right now. Whether it be financial, physical, spiritual, emotional, God, I know that you are able to come to where they're at. You are omnipresent. You are here. You are in their living rooms. You are in the truck. You are on their phones. You are everywhere, God. You are an omnipresent God. And not only are you an omnipresent God, you don't show favoritism. You hear the cries of the righteous, and those who cry out to you, Father, you come to their aid. So, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for what you're doing. Encourage and bless each listener, God, and give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. We thank you, Father, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I just want to remind you, you know, next Sunday, guys, it's Mother's Day, so I don't want to hear any excuses. I know that most homes have some paper and crayons and scissors. Go tell your wife to take a relaxing bath and teach your kids how to make great cards, homemade cards for their moms this year. Do whatever you got to do. Make it a special Mom's Day this year. 
Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. We are so excited this morning that you are with us. I want to give you a praise report. Last week I put a challenge out to many of you about our building fund. And many of you responded towards our building fund. And I want to say thank you for that. And maybe some of you today are listening. Maybe you want to contribute to our building fund. And I want to say thank you. We are moving forward here at Adventure Church. We have a couple places that we're looking at for possibly purchasing a building. And we need to move forward. And in order to move forward, we need to be able to raise the funds and get, be able to take in pledges and different things, but unable to do that because of our situation that we are in. But I thank you from the bottom of my heart for those who contribute. I know of one person that they had only $5 to give, and that's all they had. And she said, I want to make sure that I give this $5. And I want to say thank you. That is like the widow's might. She gave the best that she could give. Lord, it's not about the amount. It's the availability that God, let me sow a seed in time of my need. And so maybe you're going through a situation right now. Maybe you can sow a seed in time of your need and watch you reap a harvest. So thank you for all those who contribute and gave towards our building fund. Last week, I was so excited. We talked about the Believer's Port Card checking ourselves and we went to class. We went to class about different subjects or different periods and different class times. And so I want to just re, uh, re, uh, go over that again about last week and, and just uh, talk about the Believer's Report Card. Number one, we talked about the first period was faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we have to have all the faith in the world to, to move God. If you want to make God happy, walk in faith. God says without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he's a reward water of those who diligently seek him. So I want to encourage you. What is your faith level right now? Another class we talked about, perseverance. You never obtain the prize if you're always quitting. Persevere. Keep going. Doesn't matter how fast or how slow you go, but just keep going. The other third period class we talked about wisdom. Wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom in all the decisions and things that I have to make right now. God, let me have the mind of you in my going in, in my going out. God, give me the wisdom to make correct and right decisions. Another one we talked about, maturity. Learning from your listening, learning from your examples, maturing, become more stronger in who you are. That we don't crave after the milk, but we crave after the meat and the things of God. Maturing. And then the last class, to, uh, to top it all out, and maybe some of you are walking in the last class, the doubt. You're walking in doubt. And I always say, when in doubt, push it out. And so if you're walking with doubt and maybe you're having questions, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So maybe you're walking with doubt and maybe you're that double-minded man. Why don't you come over to the right side, the right side with Christ? And how do you do that? By pushing any doubt out. And so I want to encourage you today. Are you passing the test? Are you passing with Christ? Are you standing strong for who you are? You are a Christian. You are a believer, which means you are Christ-like. Walking in faith, perseverance, wisdom, maturity, and pushing the doubt out. But today, I'm excited about what I want to talk to you today about. Say what is the title of my message Say what? Have you ever noticed when faced with emergencies or a tough decision, many times we say things like, say what? What did you just say? What did I hear? We always say, say what? 
Say that again. So I want to encourage you today. My title of my message is, Say What? When you're going through tough times, your problems really speak really loud. When you're going through tough times, your problems speak really loud. How many of you know that's true? Whenever you're going through tough times, your problems seek to magnify. They, they speak really loud, and they, 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 they drown out the voice of God. Problems, tough times, and hard situations love to drown out your faith. They love to weaken your faith. They love to take away your hope and also your belief system. Make you question, Do we, God, do you really hear me? God, do you really love me? God, do you really accept me? That's what I mean by drowning out your faith and your hope and your belief system. It makes you question everything that you have believed. And so I want to ask you today, is your problems drowning out your faith right now? Are your problems bigger than your faith? Faith? Is your problems uh, so, uh, eating up your hope and, 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 and taking that away from you and making you feel discouraged and want to quit? Is it questioning your belief system? You see, listen, I always say this. The voice of your problems start to control your mind, your thoughts, and even your emotions. How many of you know that's true? The voice of your problems control your mind. Everything starts with a thought. A thought turns into a seed. A seed turns into a tree. The tree produces the fruit. You see, what kind of thoughts are you thinking that's producing the fruit in your life? They shall know you by the fruit that I bear. What fruit are you bearing? What fruit are you speaking? What are you allowing to control your mind to bring you down and bring discouragement and defeat in your life? I love what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I love what Paul is saying to the church of Corinth. He's setting them up, and he's talking about a battle. But the battle he's talking about is not a physical battle where you fight with guns, spears, or cannons, or even ships, or rockets, or these things, or bombs. He's talking about a spiritual battle. And every one of us are in a spiritual battle. We may not see our opponent face to face, but how many of you know that the enemy is like a lion roaming to and fro looking for whom we may devour? He comes to kill, rob, and destroy. And what he wants to kill, rob, and destroy is your faith, your hope, your peace, your confidence, your joy. He comes to kill and destroy, and he wants you to feel like a doormat. And on your doormat, you know what it usually is on a doormat? It says welcome. And whenever you have a doormat and whenever you're feeling down and discouraged, you're giving the enemy that welcome sign to come into your situation or into your life or into your temple. You need to remove that doormat and rise up and say, no more. I'm going to battle. And he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. You see, we don't wage war with fists and words and different things and cannons and bombs and guns. No. He says the weapons we fight with are weapons not of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. In other words, take control of those things that are trying to take control of you of. You see, if you give the enemy an inch, he's not going to take an inch. He's going to take a mile. He is not just going to take a little bit. He's going to take it all. You see, a little bit of yeast works through a whole batch of dough. And what happens is the enemy just looks for a foothold or a place to stand. And once he gets a hold of you, he starts to maneuver and take control of your emotions, your mind, and your feelings. So he goes on to say, we demonstrate 
demolish strongholds or demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Isn't that exactly the plan of the enemy? That's why we're in a spiritual warfare. He sets itself up against the knowledge of God. He wants to make you question, is God's word relevant for today? Is God really alive? Is God really one that answers prayers? He wants you to come against all those belief systems that you have. He says, demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Now watch what he says. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, you enslave it instead of it enslaving you. And a lot of times we react to what we think, feel, or even sense in our lives. And a lot of times it's enslaving us and we say things, we do things, we overreact because it's not us who's being controlled and it's not us that's in control, but it's the enemy and the strongholds that try to come against us. But what is a stronghold? A stronghold is a false premise that denies God's promises. Let me read that again. you got to get that in your heart. If you're taking notes, you need to write this down. A stronghold is a false premise that denies God's promises. It's a false promise. It doesn't hold to the truth. And that's the enemy, the John 8, The enemy is the father of lies. He doesn't hold to the truth. And you can't allow these false premises to bring you down. God speaks the truth, and the truth will set you free. I love this. A stronghold magnifies the problem. In other words, it blows things out of proportion. It makes things seem bigger than they really are. But, and it minimizes God's ability to solve it. Isn't that exactly what it does? It magnifies the problem, and it minimizes God's ability to solve it. That's what a stronghold does. Are some of you being controlled by a stronghold? Are some of you minimizing the problem and looking at it like, God, where are you? You can't do this. A stronghold means a place to stand or take over the place where God should be or take over the place where God should be. The Bible says, don't you know that you are a temple of God and God's spirit lives in you. So what does the enemy want to do? He wants to push God out and he wants to move in. And how does he push God out? By getting a hold of your mind. I remember reading a book by Joyce Myers, The Battlefield of the Mind. What is it all about? How everything starts with the mind. A thought. A thought with man can make you react or overreact. And everything starts with a thought. So what happens if you grow that thought and you allow that thought to get in you, guess what it's doing? It's pushing God out. It's pushing the confidence of God out. It's pushing his word out. It's pushing his strength out. And what's happening? God doesn't want partnership. you got to get this now. God doesn't want partnership. He wants ownership. He wants ownership of your mind, body, soul, and spirit. That's why he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. What the enemy wants, he wants partnership also with you. He wants to have partnership. He wants to align with you with negative thinking, with negative thoughts, with strongholds that will hold you back. And what along he's doing, he's pushing God's spirit out while he's coming in. I love this. Listen, notice what the word says, the weapons that we fight with, the weapons that we fight with, they're made to make them obedient to Christ. That, man, these things that are speaking to my mind, 
I'm going to make them line up to the obedience of Christ. I'm not going to follow them, but they're going to follow me. And they're going to follow the things of Christ. You see, what thoughts are worrying you right now? What's flooding your mind, your spirit right now? What thoughts are you worrying about? What's flooding your mind? What's going on in your spirit right now? Are anxieties weighing down, down you? Are anxieties weighing you down? Are they weighing you down right now? But you know what? As I want you to write this down. You know what it says? The weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through divine power. But what is my weapon of choice? What is your weapon of choice? My weapon of choice is truth. It's truth. And if you see this on the screen, you can see that, one, number one, truth sets you free. Number one, it sets you free from the bondages, from the lies, from the deception that the enemy wants to put on you. So the first weapon that you need to stand with is truth. Free from your past. It's true that God freed you from the past from your present, and even your future. So live in truth. God's freed you. And what does the enemy love to do? He loves to remind you of your past. When he reminds you of your past, you need to remind him of his future. Is The second thing, truth defeats the devil. Truth defeats the devil. He can't tolerate truth. He takes a little bit of truth to get you hooked. But once he gets you hooked and he speaks lies to you, it was truth that defeated the devil in the beginning, and it will be truth that will defeat him today, right now. He will be defeated because I choose to walk in truth. Now, I love this. Truth guides your steps. He guides your steps. In other words, he leads you. I love what David says in Psalms 18. And I want to encourage you to read Psalms 18. If you have Psalms 18 before you, I want to encourage you to read that whole entire chapter. But I want to start at verse 28. Man, I'll tell you, David, the psalmist, when he wrote this, but look at what he said. Lord, you keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. Now, what does light do? Light exposes darkness. Light makes things visible so that you don't have to walk in darkness or walk in aimlessness or confusion because God is not a God of confusion. But then he goes on to say, with your help, I can advance against the troop, against the enemy, against the onslaughts, the attacks that come in my way. With your help, if God is for you, then who can be against you? First John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So if God is for you, he can help you advance against the truth. It's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. So you have to rely and trust in God. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word, now you got to get this, the Lord's word is flawed. He shields all who takes refuge in him. I love this. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. Now, you got to get that. Who arms me with strength. In our weakness, he's made strong. Are you feeling weak right now? Then I want to encourage you to call on the name of the Lord. Call on him now. Let him become big in your life. You have to decrease so he can increase in you. He said, listen, for those who call upon the Lord, he will what? 
it is God whose arms will strengthen me and keeps me my way secure. And keeps my way secure. Then he goes on to say in verse 33, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bowl of brass bronze. You make my savings help my, my shield, and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide, now you got to get this, you provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. In other words, what are you saying? The truth will guide you, and that's what God says. I love what it says in Psalms 119. It says, it says 119 that the Lord's word is a lamp unto our feet. That God's word is a lamp unto your feet. In other words, he will guide you. He will lead you. He will direct you. And when he leads you and directs you, he will direct you into all truth. All truth. And it's the truth that will set you free. Now listen, after you read Psalms 119 and Psalms 18, you know what I conquered of this? What I came to conclusion of this? If you eat right. You will fight right. If you eat right, you will fight right. If it's truth that sets you free, if it's truth that feeds the devil, if it's truth that guides your steps, then I say, think it, say it, and live it. Think it, say it, and live it. If it's truth, you have to think it, say it, and live it. I believe it. That settles it. God's word is truth, and the truth sets me free. But in Mark, Chapter 11, verse 23. I thought this was an amazing verse of Scripture because it says two words that really stood out to me when I was preparing this message. In Philippians 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Whenever God says two things or says the same word in a verse, you need to take attention of that. You need to be like E.F. Hutton and pay attention to that. E.F. Hutton, the old commercial says, when E.F. Hutton speaks, you listen. And God speaks two key words in verse 23, and then he leads us to 24. And maybe you can pick out these words. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Do you notice the two words that came there? Say. Let me ask you a question today. What is your mountain? What is your mountain right now in your life? Is it maybe financial pressures? Is it maybe being at home with your kids all day and, man, your, your, your new life is, a, is still trying to figure out that new norm and you're not happy, you're not working, and all these things that are irritating you right now? What is your mountain? Maybe your bills are piling up. You know this? What are the challenges of your life right now? You know, what are them? You have to identify your mountain. You see, listen, I love this. A mountain is anything that's bigger than you are. Anything that's bigger than you, is it overcoming you? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling anxiety, discouragement, maybe even depression because this mountain is overcoming you? But love this. And smaller 
than our God and smaller than who God is. That's the key thing, and smaller than who God is. Listen, your mountain loves, now you got to get this, your mountain loves to speak things like you'll never make it. You feel like you're going under right now? That's your mountain speaking to you, that you're never going to make it. You're not good enough. You ever felt like that? You're not qualified? Man, who do I think I am? I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I did this. I've done that. My past is still with me. And so we, what we do, we put ourselves down. Sometimes we're our worst enemy. And we put ourselves down when God says, listen, any man being Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things become new. And so a lot of times what happens, you allow your past to hold you from your future. And who do you think you are? Do you know that voice? Does that voice speak to you? Does that voice discourage you? Does that voice bring you down? You see, in verse 23, it says there, says or to say to your mountain. In other words, you have to speak to your mountain. You see, I, my wife and I, man, if we don't communicate with each other, if I don't speak to her or she don't speak to me, we will never know what each other's needs are. Yeah, my wife knows sign language, but I don't, so she can sign something to me, but I wouldn't understand it. But when we speak and we dialogue to each other, we can communicate and we can understand where each other are at. And a lot of times, your mountain speaks to me, you. Your mountain speaks to you. But listen, let me ask you a question. Does your mountain know your voice? Does your mountain know your voice? Your mountain speaks to you. But do you speak to your mountain? You see, so many times we hear the roar of the mountain. The mountain is roaring at us. It's intimidating us. It's telling us we're a loser. And we're so attuned to that voice that we're always walking in defeat. We're always walking limp before God when God wants us to be more than a conqueror. But we're allowing the voices of the enemy or the mountain to roar into your ear to stifle or to drown out your faith, your confidence, and your belief in God. But I thought about this acclimate of uh, writing about the meaning of say. God gave me this, and I started writing this out. And again, I was going to write a whole new sermon, and Pastor Andrew was waiting for to hear that sermon, but I, in the midstream, God just changed the whole thing. But God spoke to me right here about say. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Speak. Number one, S, speak it. Tell your mountain who you are. Tell your mountain who you are. You're a king's kid. So the first th part of the word say is speak it. You need to tell your mountain who you are. When I was a kid, we always used to say the same. If you mess with me, you mess with fire. You mess with fire, you're going to get burnt. You need to tell your mountain who you are. Do you know who I am? I'm a king's kid. I am a royal priesthood belonging to to God, and God is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. So hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. The second part of that is A, for authority. You see, authority. The Bible says in Luke chapter 9, verse 1, that God has given you the authority to place the enemy under your feet. But listen, authority, say it like you mean it. You see, when my kids were growing up, they would always play Cheryl and I together. And they would play my wife, or they would play me, and they would go to my, my wife and ask my wife if we could do this. And they, if she said no, they'd come to me. And they always knew by our voice tone. 
And so a lot of times what happens is you have to say it like you mean it. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you have to raise up a standard against it. Say it like you mean it. Don't be a mouse in the corner and say, oh, mountain, please go away. No, you need to stand tall and realize and recognize who you are, that God has given you authority to say, no, I do not accept this. I will not allow this to happen in my life any longer. You have to say it like you mean it with authority. But I love what God gave me. The why is yell it. Yell it until you tell it. Yell it until you tell it. And I wrote this down. Tell what? Tell your mountain, no more touching my family. Tell your mountain, no more touching my family. No more touching my finances. No more touching my marriage, my job, and my beliefs. You have to tell your mountain. You have to say, no more. Enough is enough. Does the mountain know your voice? Are you saying it? Are you speaking it? Are you walking in authority? Are you yelling it so you tell it? Devil, you are not touching me anymore. Mountain, be cast into the sea. You have to yell it till you tell it. I love this. Tell your mountain who's your boss. Tell your mountain who's your boss. Who's on your team? If God is for you, who can be against you? You and God make a majority. And he is on your team. And that you need to what? You know to tell them that, man, you win in the end. So you need to tell your mountain. You need to start saying to your mountain who God is. Stop allowing your mountain to tell you who he is. You need to tell your mountain who God is. I love what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Again, Paul is saying again about the physical things going on. He says, for God who said, let light shine out of the darkness. Let light shine out of the darkness. Expose the stinking thinking. Expose those things in your life that are bringing you down, that's bringing you to despair anxiety and depression or discouragement or defeat. He says, made his light shine in our hearts. He's talking about you today. To give us the light of knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. To give us the knowledge, the knowledge of who God is. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not of ourselves. Don't ever take credit where credit is not due. You always give credit to God. You see, that's why it says, you know what? Your attitude determines your altitude. Gratitude determines how far you will go with God. God, I never take for granted those things that you do in my life. Thank you, God. Thank you. That's why it says in Second Thessalonians or five seventeen, it says, "Give thanks in all circumstances." Then he goes on to say, "We are pressed on every side, but not crushed; perplexed, but not in despair; persecuted, but not abandoned; struck down, but not destroyed." You notice what he said. So don't be surprised by these things. You have to rise up in the weapon of truth and say, I am not going to accept this. But you notice what it said, the knowledge of Christ. If you've got notes, write this down. What knowledge? What knowledge are you talking about, Pastor? Knowledge what 
knowledge that God is bigger than all your problems. That's the knowledge I have. Luke 137, for nothing's impossible with God. I have knowledge that my God is bigger than all my problems. Knowledge that he will help you in your struggles. He's not going to abandon you. He said, I will come to you. And he will not leave us as orphans, the Bible says. But I will come to you. He's not going to abandon you when things get tough. He's not moved by your circumstances or your storms of life. He's not going to abandon you. He's going to come to you. He said, I will come to you. And I love this knowledge that he will reveal his light to us in our darkest hour. You need to say, God, right now, God, I'm walking in this darkest hour of my life, whether it be physical. Maybe you're going through some physical ailments right now. Maybe you have some physical needs in your body. If that's you right now, I want to encourage you, place your hand on the area of your need right now and ask God to give you the light or the hope or the peace of knowing that everything is going to be okay. That's knowledge that he will reveal himself to us. But listen to another one. Knowledge that we win if we just stay in there. That's what God says, that you have to stay in there. Paul said, I've been persecuted in all things. What should separate me from the love of God? Shall persecution, hardships, these things separate me? He said, by no means. you got to hold on and stay in there with the things of God. You see, in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 and 18, I love how Paul pins this. Right after he's talking about struggles, hardships, being persecuted, even to a point of being crushed and perplexed and all these things, look at how he says these words in verse 16. He said, therefore, we do not lose heart. In other words, we don't quit. We don't question God. We don't question our belief system. We don't start blaming others. We don't throw in the towel. Don't lose heart. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. How many feel like that right now? I wish I was wasting away outwardly. But, man, being in this quarantine, I'll tell you, I got the snack habit. I've been eating more snacks than I normally do, and I'm not wasting away. I'm growing outwardly. I'm sure some of you are also, right? Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. In other words, what God is saying, on the outside, maybe you're facing all these things pressures and you feel like you're going under but inwardly you see God is an inside God he does things inward man looks at the outward appearance and God does inward work he's the surgeon that does the inner work in you and you know what that inner work is he's making you stronger than you think you are he's encouraging your spirit that you can make it he's speaking to your spirit man that don't give up I love this then he goes on he says I love this. For our light and monetary struggles or troubles are achieving us far more eternal glory, far that far outweighs them all. Notice what he says. Our light and monetary troubles. In other words, God won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. God won't let you go through things that you can't handle. But God wants you to trust him when you go through them. Bring God into your battle. When Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace, guess who they brought in? The fourth man in the fire. And God is the fourth man in your fire right now. 
And that's why he says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And God says, right now they're light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Cast all your cares on him. But then what he says in verse 18, he wants you to get refocused again. In verse 18 he says this, so fix your eyes not on what is seen. Because what is seen, what happens? It blows things out of the portion. It makes things bigger than it really is. It takes it from an anthill to a mountain. But he says what? Fix your eyes on what? Things that are not seen, but what is unseen. Fix your eyes on what is unseen. It says what is seen is temporary. In other words, you're going to make it. You're going to get through this battle. Don't fix your eyes on the battle. Fix your eyes on what is unseen, and that is what? Eternal life. God wants you to fix your eyes on him. After all, isn't that what God wants you to do? We may feel like we are losing on the outside, but what matters most is what's happening on the inside. It's what's happening on the inside. God is making you bigger, better, and stronger even when you think it's not happening, God is doing surgery in your life, and he's making you stronger for the battles. Listen, I love this. In verse 18, it says, don't fix your eyes on what is seen, but what is unseen. You ever think about that? What does Hebrews 11 verse 1 say? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says that faith is a substance, the substance of things unseen. What is our substance today? Our substance, our hope, our belief is in God. In Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. That's the substance in which I hang on to. That's what I hold on to in my heart. Listen to this. Let the mountain, let the mountain of discouragement, defeat, depression, maybe anxiety, financial pressures, family issues, let the mountain know your voice. Let it know your voice. So it says, so that mountain says, say what? What? Who is that? Who is this newfound believer? Who is this one that's rising up against me? What? Say what? You see, the mountain scares you. I want to encourage you. It's about time you scare the mountain so that the mountain roars back and says to you, Say what? Pastor Cheryl, isn't God good? Amen. I want to encourage people today, Pastor Cheryl, that people will speak to their mountains. So many times the mountain roars in our ears and it intimidates us. And so I want to pray today that the Holy Spirit will break off the spirit of intimidation, discouragement, defeat, depression in their lives, and they'll recognize and realize who they are. Just like I said earlier, we are a child of God. That's the truth. We are a king's kid. We are a royal priesthood. You have to act like it. You have to believe like it, and you have to live like it. That's what our God wants us to be. Yeah, you need to take authority. You need to take authority in who you are in Christ Jesus. And you need to look at those mountains and just say, right now, in the name of Jesus, be gone. And if it comes up again, you just keep saying, be gone in the name of Jesus. You just got to stand strong. Because I'm telling you, there is nothing that can overtake you. Not when God is on your side. God is there for you. You just need to believe it, stand firm, and say, I will not waver. I will not. Amen. So this morning, as we close, I want to say thank you for listening today. Thank you. We truly miss you. Even though we're absent in body, we are truly with you in spirit. 
We can't wait for the day that we're together, that we can pinch you, hug you, shake your hand, whatever else may be. But in the meantime, let's all continue to stay strong. Let's walk together in unity in one accord and one purpose, and that's to glorify God. Let Adventure Church shine not only through this city of Siren, but to Grantsburg, to Frederick, to Luck, to Webster, to Spooner, to all the different areas around here right now. Let our light shine so that men may see God in us. Father, this morning we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for the authority and the power that you instill within us each and every day. Lord, it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit that things are moved, things are accomplished, and things are done. So I pray that today that we as believers will take our rightful place with you, that we will recognize who we are. We're a king's kid. Lord, we received, as you say in Ephesians 1, every spiritual blessing. And the reason why you give that to us, Lord, is to equip us for the struggles and for the battles that we're going to go through in life. So, Father, I pray that we'll utilize those things that you have given us. And that's the word, that's prayer, that's speaking and believing and receiving that which you have for us. So, Father, bless each household, bless each listener. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch them, fill them up from the crowns of their head to their soles of their feet. Thank you, Father, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you this morning. We love you, Adventure Church. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation. 